RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Well, good. Good morning, Jeff. Here we are, another uh, episode of Closing the Distance. How long have we been doing these, Ian? Three years? Well, we did them in uh, prose form, kind of as interviews and articles for during the pandemic we started. And then when things started opening back up, we shifted to uh, doing uh, interviews. It was a little easier to do it this way. So that's kind of what we've done. And uh, it, it seems that we have a pretty good audience from the congregation and community. So we just keep doing them. Since it's yeah. not so much work and it, they seem to be fun. So, and they certainly are interesting and an opportunity to learn a lot. So, closing the distance, the opportunity where we kind of hear a little bit about the sermon that has just been preached and, and dig a little deeper. And so, we've been on this in this in the midst of this pretty long sermon series, certainly the longest one that I remember in my time here at RPC, it was nine weeks. Yeah, I don't know if we've had anything. So on the, we did, the I mean, we did some summer series that I think were ten weeks. Yeah, um, that's true. I forgot about. It. Yeah, we do. They're a little they're, bit more idiosyncratic in that they're standalone. That's right. They tend to be. It's a series, but loosely. Where this is pretty specific. Like we're dealing with the fruit of the spirit and and they're, how they're linked together. Like the summer sermon series, they were kind of linked together because they were Disney films, but that was it. (laughs) That was the link. So in a, in a oral sense or in a thinking sense, very just, you know, not the same, but this very much so. So we're at number eight gentleness. So you preached a pretty powerful sermon yesterday about gentleness, describing that. And one of the things that uh, it highlighted for me, or you reminded me of, uh, that gentleness is not weakness. So can you just unpack that a little bit? Like we have this image often of what gentleness is, but you gave a different picture of it. Yeah. So I think, I mean, with translation, it's always a little bit of a challenge to say from taking the Greek New Testament and translating it faithfully into English. And that's why they're always updating translations because our culture and the use of the English language changes. And this word, um, Proutes is is hard to really like nail down in English. So it often will be translated humility, gentleness, or meekness. But one of the things when you see how it's used in the New Testament and um, in how it was in Hebrew and translated into Proutes when it's in the Greek Septuagint is you see that it's used to refer to like leaders, people in power. But when these people in power show compassion, when they show mercy, when they forgive, they're being gentle, they're showing meekness. 
And I think it was really important to highlight that it's not spinelessness. It's not, because right. um, I think a lot of people think, oh, you're like, you're timid. You're, oh, you're, you're really weak and flabby and mealy mouth. and mealy, mealy. No, it's not that. It's, it's being strong, but knowing how to control your strength and use it towards good ends. And sometimes that means showing compassion, showing mercy, showing uh, forgiveness. And so I think that's really important for us uh, to recognize because, or, or we would just become, if we think weakness is a virtue, then I think we're trying how, how to make sense of that is really difficult. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the psychologist and man of some notoriety now, Jordan Peterson, talks about uh, it's great power under control. Yeah or a, a ability to be constrained. And so when we think of the life of Christ, we don't look at Jesus as someone who was weak at all, but gentle in a whole lot of ways. You think about the way that he dealt with people. I mean, sometimes he was pretty direct, you know, in some of his confrontation, but with other people, he showed incredible compassion and gentleness while you know, having all the power in the world, ultimately understanding that. And so if that, if he is our example as followers of Christ, then that gives us a different picture, but you're right. In the English translation, you know, those, it comes across as meek and mild and, and soft or spineless. Yep. And that's, that's not it at all. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you're kind of putting this sermon together, specifically, you know, what were some of the some of the things that you that you read or you heard or you thought and you're like, man, that's really powerful, but they they missed the cut for whatever reason. But you feel like, no, I would like to have had time to do this or share this. Well, Dan, you and I were out of town last week for some of it. So I didn't have a lot of right. extra time, uh maybe as much time as I usually would like to in my research to put into it. Um, you know, I think I I think there was a way to go down um, the path of, you know, how do organizations practice gentleness or um, uh, humility, I think in a corporate sense, I think, I think there was, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about like the way, um, you know, parents, you know, I've got young kids. And so w one of the ways I have to try to be gentle is to get on their level. And I think there's a way that God has gotten on, I would say that in the incarnation in Jesus Christ, God has gotten on our level. Calvin uses the language of God has condescended to us, not being condescending, but condescend, con, right. con with, descended to us um, to speak to us in a language and in a way that we can understand. And I think that's, I, I, I could have seen the sermon going kind of that direction mm. um, in a more theological sense, but I really felt the spirit leading me to focus in kind of, what what does the practice of gentleness look like? And I wanted to really think through it because I I mean frankly I don't consider myself like my as a gentle person <laughs> like as I don't consider myself as really good at being humble or whatever that like and so it was, I was like I'm gonna really focus in and say how does this concept apply to my life and what can I learn and I when I look in the mirror thinking about being gentle and being humble um, how do what what theological truths do I need to rely on that they're going to flow out of my life as the fruit of the spirit of gentleness? And so that was really fun to kind of think through how I can become a more gentle person. So 
and again, when we think of the fruit of the spirit, we have uh, dwelt mostly on the individual impact. Right. But you you just said something now that kind of piqued my interest. And so how would a community of faith practice any of, of the spiritual disciplines or the fruit of the spirit, but particularly gentleness here? Like, how could we do it as a corporate body? And what would that look like? Well, I think several things. I think it was like Theodore Adorno, who's like a philosopher. He said, um, truth is, is letting... S- is letting suffering speak okay and i think like when in relation to gentleness i think who's on the boundaries who doesn't have a voice and are we giving ways for them to have the the microphone to to voice uh, their concerns so i think like how's our children's ministry are we putting resources into our kids ministry are we uh are we hearing from them uh who are often left voiceless I think our shadow ministry where where people wow. take care of our exceptional children, I think during worship, I think that's a place we're trying, to, it would be really easy to ostracize or to push them because they're powerless to the margins. We're trying to figure out how to bring them in. How do we, how do we take care of them? How are we gentle with those who, who are really vulnerable? I think, um, you know, I think about like our, you know, you know, so well, our mission partners, the Drake house, the, home stretch family promise uh cda like these they're dealing with people who are very vulnerable uh dealing with un, uh house houselessness um poverty uh emergency you know medical care oh, like uh food insecurity okay, yeah. a lot of vulnerability how are we meeting those needs and are we doing it like this is, you know, when we talk about paternalism uh, or partnership over paternal paternalism in our mission efforts, are we telling people, projecting people what their truth should be? Or are we projecting onto them the needs we assume they have? Or are we setting up ways for us to listen and say, oh, this is really what you need? Um, you know, we, we, we know so many funny uh, stories like, we're going to go down and we're going to paint a wall for you, you know, in our mission outreach. And they're like, I didn't, I didn't need a wall painting. I could paint the wall myself. Exactly. I don't like that color you chose anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You remind me, um, there was this funny moment. So I worked at a congregation and there was a man from, uh, he'd served in Kenya for many years and he was serving on our staff as a theologian in residence. And we had a staff meeting and it was kind of awkward because during the devotions, um, one of the person who was given the devotions wanted to do an impromptu feet washing. And it was, you could imagine like, if I was like going to wash your feet, Dan, I'd have been out. I'm like, sorry. It was like, it was very awkward. And the senior pastor at the time was like, we're not going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And the person that wanted, I think they had good intentions, but it was just very awkward. Okay. And you know, and part of the devotion was, well, Jesus washed the disciples' feet, you know, so we should wash one another's feet. Well, this theologian from Kenya said to me, he said, Jeff, that misunderstood the point. He said, in Jesus' time, these people did need their feet washed. Their feet were dirty. But everybody around that table, our feet were clean. We'd, we'd right. take them baths. We'd take a showers. What we need to do is figure out what are the needs? What What is feet washing? 
for us? What yeah. what are the needs around the table? And we need to listen to each other to hear those needs. And then we go and meet those needs and serve each other with in ways that are actually necessary, not right. um, not just because it's an empty ritual that was done. Right. Symbolic ago. in some way. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. And I really it's always stuck with me when he made that point to me. Yep. Good. That's one more excuse I have for not attending a foot washing service because I can't stand. <laughs> good. <laughs> so good. Well, so I mean, it's kind of a segue, but not really. When you're talking about listening to others, you and I last week spent some time on the border, and you mentioned this in your sermon. We were in El Paso and crossed, crossed over to Juarez and investigating a couple of ministries there and all kind of stuff. You you mentioned some of those stories, but what are some of those so stories? And again, how did the ministries that we saw uh, exemplify gentleness, and how might we as a community uh, follow up and pursue that? Yeah. So... I mean, Dan, it was a really powerful 48 hours. You know, it, was. It, was very, it was exhausting too, but it was good. It was drinking from a fire hose, but I was so glad yeah. we went. And I think one of the things, especially with the, like the Trace Rios Presbyterian Foundation, it made me really proud to be a Presbyterian because it was really passionate, thoughtful ministry. I I really got the sense from the staff and the, um, the partnerships that, they were really working to say, what are the needs of these migrants? And is it food? Is it clothing? Is it help with their legal work for a, an asylum? Is it dealing with the app, the immigration app? You know, there's all this stuff. I really felt like it was really thoughtful ministry. And it wasn't projecting onto these migrants what they ought to want or what they ought to uh, right. need. And so I really appreciated that. Um, and I thought the, the opportunity for us to do border encounters, just to take a group of folks, and we're not going to, we're not going to uh, build a house. We're not going to like serve any food. You know, we're simply going to go and through the ministry of presence, listen, because until we know how to listen to people's suffering, to their needs, we, I mean, we're going to, words of Bob Lufton, off, offer toxic charity or, right. or when helping hurts, we're going to, um, we're going to hurt more than we're going to help. And I think uh, I was really inspired. And I learned a ton, man. I mean, I highlighted some of the stuff that we heard last week, but like um, even through the staff, like the the intersection of, you know, um, these two countries, different cultures, the history of Texas and Mexico and uh, the border wall and, you know, to go to see Steve Bannon's border wall to nowhere, you know, that he was indicted for was fascinating. Um, and to and just to think like, you know, for people that try to sneak across, like how bad it must be uh, the context of their lives to risk it all, uh, to swim across that canal, to, to scale um, the border wall. I just, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around. So yeah. Really um, and so, what'd, yeah. You, what'd you think? You, I mean, you're a world traveler. You've done a lot more traveling than I have. What'd you think of it? Yeah. Again, I, I'd been, I grew up in Southern California, so Tijuana was something, but that, that Tijuana is a totally different kind of fish. And this, so this was, again, pretty impactful. And the sound bites that we hear about what's happening on the border, regardless of your, your perspective uh, politically, you know, whether it's a CNN soundbite or a Fox News soundbite, they are so far from reality. From what you and I actually lived and experienced, that it's not, I, 
it just blew me away. Yeah. And just kind of recognizing that all those media outlets, for whatever reason, they're ultimately what they're trying to communicate the news in some way, but ultimately they're trying to sell ads. So that's their purpose. So they just want to get viewers and clicks and all that kind of stuff. And so to be there in person and say, oh, here's the story or this is something. I mean, what you'd have to go through, you know, we think about uh, people in, in war-torn areas. Okay, you can understand, well, you got to get out of here for safety. And so we're kind of, you know, we're refugees for that. Well, that's, these people aren't coming from those kind of areas, but you know what? Here's my certainty. If I stay here, I believe this has happened. So I'm going to go here where I have no certainty whatsoever. I'm going to risk it all for an unknown future. How bad would it have to be, Jeff, for you to be like packing up? I'm leaving, leaving the house. I'm taking my wife and my kids and we're going to do this thousand mile long journey in the desert to cross over a wall that I'm not allowed to cross over because that future is better than my current situation, even though I don't know what that future is. That's staggering. It really is. It's staggering. And so again, for us, when we think about it politically or whatever the right response is in terms of, you know, citizenry or not citizenry or do, you know, is it, how do we care for them and all that stuff? How do we be gentle in that situation? Now, this is their situation. They're just trying to survive. How do we, as followers of Christ, minister in that context? That's right. That, that's a tough question. So you mentioned a couple of times and a couple of times you didn't have the opportunity, but again, this is kind of an advertisement, but not really. Like we would love to hear from people, anyone listening to this podcast who is interested in having a three-day border encounter. So to reach out to Jeff or myself, because we'd like yeah. to take some people down and, and have them experience even more fully than what you and I were able to do in that very brief visit. Yeah, absolutely. It was a bit of a whirlwind, but it was fantastic. So yeah, we would love to hear. So powerful. Yeah. So is there anything else, again, circling back to the sermon yesterday that you feel like, you know, this is the message that I want. This is the take home for anyone that's that wants to follow up or this is some reading that you could do to pursue more understanding of gentleness or even the the rest of the fruit of the spirit yeah i think one of the things is i was thinking through the week in preparation partially it was going to the border and while i was trying to think about gentleness kind of was this nice confluence of uh, ideas and experiences but if you find yourself having a tough time being gentle i think it's worth asking why and where is that like maybe that idea idea of toughness or masculinity um whatever it might be like where does that come from and i think oftentimes our anger our quote-unquote toughness our masculinity um certain ideas that are opposite of gentleness and humility are covers for a deep pain that mm. we have experienced in our lives. And we're and we may have forgotten about it, maybe years ago, but it the edifice is built up and we didn't, and that's really unhealthy. And I think oftentimes if you find being gentle difficult, then I think you do some internal investigation about your experiences and where that's coming from and to seek help, whether that's from a pastor or a friend or a therapist. I talked a little bit about my own journey yeah, you um, did. and I, I think I, if you're going to ask people to be vulnerable, you got to be vulnerable yourself. So I wanted 
do practice what I preach a little bit, but also hopefully and encourage encourage folks who may have this idea of toughness that is just covering over a deep wound in their life of experiences, um, ideas. And I think to seek healing from that, because I think it can really open by by becoming a more gentle, humble person, it opens you up to a much more full and flourishing life and of human experience um, that you miss out on with uh, not practicing gentleness. Good. Good. And so coming up this week is the culmination, the final in the series. That's right, Dan. Who's our preacher? I am preaching this week on self-control or self-discipline. And in many ways, um, you know, thinking about that, it, it does kind of undergird the other eight uh, fruit of the spirit that we've we've mentioned. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit. And what is it? You know, the, the, the just like you did yesterday, the interpretation like self-control or self-discipline. Uh, that wording suggests that it's all us. It's self. Right. So I've got to be, I've got to do these things and all that stuff. And yet it's a fruit of the spirit. So that's kind of a, a tension, a, a bit of a paradox, right? Self-discipline, oh, yeah. self-control, but it's a fruit of the spirit. So wait a minute, what's the, where's the controlling factor? And so we're going to investigate that, unpack that a little bit. Oh, that sounds great, man. I'm looking forward to it. I knew, I knew there was a, a reason the Lord led me to to drop it in your lap. Well, that, that's good. I hope you listen to it because you're not going to be here next week. So <laughs> I will. I'll be listening. <laughs> All right. And then so next week uh, for closing the distance, tell us what you're doing next week. So again, for people who who don't know, we have a new pastor. And so what, what's happening next week? Yeah. So I'm going to interview Ryan Jensen, who's our new uh, uh, associate pastor for congregational care, uh, just about kind of kind of get a bio who he is how god has brought him to this place why rpc why he feels called to congregational care and then kind of maybe hopefully some of the new ideas and things he's hoping to do in the coming months and days among us so i'm really looking forward to it that'll be good that's good for two reasons one we get to learn about ryan and two you don't have to interview me so it's good <laughs> you got out good of all you got lucky <laughs> All right, Jeff, thank you again. Thank you for the sermon series and for your sharing yesterday. Thanks, Dan. I look forward to Sunday, and I'll see you soon. All right.